0: Good morning. The title of my talk actually is a question See No Evil? And for those of you in the Dharma Hall who can't see the title slide, the image is of the three wise monkeys. Maybe you remember this. We sometimes say, Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Um, so the title refers to some questions this morning What is evil? Should I see it in the world? And if I do, what do I do about it? Six months ago, the day after Ukraine was invaded by Russia, I was speaking with an acquaintance. This person was troubled by the event, as I was, but for reasons that surprised me. Putin doesn't need to resort to such force, but why are the Ukrainians resisting so strongly? Putin is only trying to reunite the Ukrainians and the Russians, right? After all, they speak the same language and are really one people. Please stop, I said. Ukrainian and Russian are not the same language. And Ukrainians and Russians have very different histories as nations and peoples. Besides, Ukraine is a sovereign nation which sought and gained independence from Russia 30 years ago. There is no justification for this. It is pure evil. The moment the word evil left my mouth, I was struck by the awareness that I rarely use it in my speech. It's one of those words like hate that I consciously try to avoid, as in meaningless phrases like I hate pineapple on pizza. These words lose their meaning and are devalued in this kind of mindless speech. But as I thought of what I had just said, I knew that the words pure evil truly expressed what I felt. As time and the war have progressed, my feeling hasn't changed. I have to admit that my mind was already in a shadowy place long before the invasion of Ukraine. The election of 2016, the rise of rabid right-wing ideologies, the killing of George Floyd and so many others, the January 6th attack on the Capitol, and the craven politicians who refused to pass meaningful gun control legislation, All this has taken its toll on my spirit. And certainly I was already aware that there are many other places in the world where conflict and war are having a similar impact as in Ukraine. And I am not without compassion for the millions affected. But I happen to have a circle of Ukrainian friends and acquaintances, and their suffering is constantly before me. As my mind cycled endlessly through this list, I asked myself, if all of these were manifestations of evil, what exactly is evil? Does Buddhism offer a view of evil that is different from a Western Judeo-Christian perspective? And once we understand it, what do we do with that understanding? Before addressing these questions, I should say something about my practice in a time of anger, helplessness, and honestly despair. Some of you may wonder why my practice hasn't relieved these feelings and why I can't find a place of equanimity. Meditation and other mindfulness practice does offer relief, but even this has become a source of doubt and confusion for me. I feel guilt that I should be finding any sort of respite from suffering when so many others cannot. Any sense of mental clarity, seems only an intellectual exercise with no connection to truly existential suffering. And I return again and again to my questions about the nature of evil. So fair warning, we're about to take a deep dive into the concept of evil. And one more caveat, I don't think that I can wrap up everything you will hear today in a neat dharma package. But if some of you are struggling as I am, at least we can acknowledge our distress and try to understand it. I was raised a Christian and began my acquaintance with the notion of evil early on. The first Bible passages I can recall learning were those dealing with creation, and specifically the creation of Adam and Eve. Most of us, Christian or not, know the story of the Garden of Eden and God's warning to Adam and Eve to not eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Even as a child, I thought this was an elaborate setup. The whole thing calculated to test Adam and Eve's complete obedience to God. Wouldn't that have been better demonstrated if Adam and Eve gained perfect knowledge like God and still chose to obey? But I was taught that the true original sin committed by Adam and Eve lay in their newfound capacity to judge for themselves, what was good and bad. This separated them from God and became the source of humankind's misery. Ah, free choice, a.k.a. free will, that bugaboo of the human condition, the boon of the gods that gives with one hand while it takes with the other. We have the capacity for judgment and the autonomy to act upon it, but in so doing, we create suffering by separating ourselves from God in Christian terms, and from our original true nature, in Buddhist thought. Free will, it seems, is the nexus between Christian and Buddhist experience, the root cause of suffering. Christians have sought to justify the suffering that God allows in the world by seeing it as a means of spiritual development. In other words, suffering exists so that human souls might grow and develop. The pain of suffering is not ultimately evil, but good since it is being used to perfect our souls. Buddhists share a similar view. We embrace the principle of grace from harm and believe that it is possible to deliver all sentient beings. Whether from a Christian or Buddhist perspective, it seems that humankind should be showing evidence of developing toward a more enlightened state, if not complete perfection. In my mind at least, this is far from so. And neither perspective addresses the issue of the sheer amount and intensity of suffering and evil in the world. Any spiritual gains humankind might make through suffering seems to me vastly outweighed by the overwhelming scope and horror of that suffering. What do Buddhists believe about the nature of evil? Unlike Christianity, there is no external absolute force of evil at work in the world. The Buddha reversed this notion of evil by his awakening to the truth that all things are created in our minds, our concepts, our ideas about our concepts, the judgments that grow out of those ideas, and ultimately the reality that we create for ourselves from actions based on those judgments. In Buddhism, evil resides in evil actions, and those actions grow out of and include our delusional thinking, our need to protect our sense of self through the actions of our ego, and the profound separation from others that results. What does this explain about those who commit evil acts in the world? Paradoxically, these individuals are sometimes motivated by wanting to rid the world of evil. This is what comes of seeing evil as an external force, as the attribute of others. Hitler saw the Jews as evil, and set out to make the world pure for Aryans by exterminating those who had contaminated it. Putin claims that the Ukrainian government is controlled by neo-Nazis, and so justifies his invasion to liberate the Ukrainian people. In one Buddhism, one of the cornerstones of Sotysan's teaching is the truth of cause and effect. Since Buddhism sees evil as the result of our own actions, and not the machinations of some external force, we must accept that certain kinds of actions produce evil and that we live with the consequences. In other words, we create karma. We all know which kinds of actions produce good results. Actions that take the opposite path of conduct we recognize as bad or evil. Let me borrow language from the Tibetan Buddhist teacher Chukyong Trungpa who writes in his book, The Truth of Suffering, that unmeritorious or bad karma arises from fundamental aggression. Fundamental aggression. This takes 10 forms divided into the categories of body, mind, and speech. The 10 forms of unmeritorious or bad karma are those of the body, taking life, stealing, and sexual misconduct. Those of speech, telling lies, intrigue, negative words, and gossip. Those of the mind, envy, hoping to create harm, disbelieving in sacredness. Can you see how these unmeritorious acts contain the seed of fundamental aggression? I think this is most obvious in the categories of body and speech, where the actions are carried out against others and directly harm others. The category of mind contains the three elements that we often refer to as the three poisons. Greed, hatred, delusion. Here the notion of aggression is a little less obvious, a little more indirect. Chogyam Trungpa's phrase disbelieving in sacredness to mean delusion is especially interesting to me. The ultimate delusion in Buddhism is seeing ourselves as entities separate from one another and the rest of creation. But I'd never considered that delusion contained an element of aggression. So what does Trungpa mean by disbelieving in sacredness as an aggressive form of delusion? He writes... You simply don't believe in fundamental dignity or basic goodness. You believe in the wretchedness of the world, rather than the sacredness of the world. You refuse to work with a sense of reverence. Although the language and terms he uses are different, I believe he's referring to belief in Ilwansan, belief in our original, true nature. For anyone seeking enlightenment, The ultimate aggression against oneself is to refuse to acknowledge that you are fundamentally good. And this is precisely where I find myself. I meditate and then despise myself for escapism of sitting on a cushion in the face of others' suffering. I despair for the perfection of humankind as all I see is the endless repetition of cycles of violence and evil. I am left with what seems like only an intellectual understanding of the nature of evil, while its very real consequences are in evidence throughout the world. I have lost my sense of sacredness and reverence. Recently, I was speaking to my cousin who grew up in an Irish-Roman Catholic family. She's now a spiritual seeker, a faithful meditator, and she is someone who I can talk to about my spiritual questioning. I told her about my despair and hopelessness and said that I sometimes go to sleep at night, not really caring if I wake the next morning. After a moment of silence, she laughed and said, do you know what my childhood priest would say to that? Tis the devil working in ye. It was my turn to laugh. That one homely phrase brought me back from the edge. Who knew there were Irish koans? I suddenly realized that I'm allowing evil to take root in my mind precisely because I have allowed despair, the lack of a sense of reverence and sacredness, to subsume my thinking. In One Buddhism, we strive to see grace in all things. Gratitude becomes our daily practice. The ultimate ingratitude is to turn my face from grace, from a sense of reverence. If I do this, haven't I allowed evil to win by default? I said at the beginning of this talk that there would probably be no Dharma gift wrapping to tie all this together. I still don't understand the scope of suffering in the world. See no evil? No, I can't do that. But I can use my free will, my choice in action, to not shut my eyes to all that is sacred.